Hi listeners, it's Kat here from Cast a Guest. I just wanted to take a quick minute outside of the show to let you know about empowerment coaching. I know this is probably confusing a lot of people right now. Outside of telling you about true crime, I work as a life coach, helping others achieve their goals, break down barriers, eliminate limiting beliefs, or anything else a person may need guidance to achieve their most authentic life. The world has been upside down since 2020, and I know a lot of us may be lost, confused, or unsure as to what we want and how to get there. If you think speaking with a life coach may help you, please feel free to contact me at alteregowellness at outlook.com or at alteregowell on Instagram. Okay, now back to our show. Sup, yo. Yo, what's... No, I'm sorry. I'm not like that. I'm not I'm not hip. Folks, thanks for tuning in. I'm sitting next to Cat with a bleeding ear. I'm surprised I don't have a bleeding ear listening to this fucking story. Anyways, here's what we got for you today. A foster family. Life insurance. Over 1,000 text messages sent in two weeks and truck drivers if you're thinking shit sounds like there's a new crossover episode of shipping wars in tiny house nation you're wrong and that was a shitty joke I couldn't think of anything if you have if you have a better fucking joke for this one have that I uh I struggled here I didn't have enough coffee well let's get into this Today we are talking about the tragic murder of Lisa Knofel. Grab yourself something uh, fizzy and alcoholic. And let's get through this. I'm John. And I'm Kat. Wow, you're here today. <laughs> and this is Cast Aghast. We have internet today. Today we have internet. Yes, the test, I mean, the outage uh, was just a one-day event. <laughs> it wasn't the true cyber attack that we were all, we were all told we were going to get, and I feel gypped a little. Oh my god. A little bit gypped. Yes, I was waiting for Mr. Robot, Remy Malik, to come to the rescue. I haven't but, seen that movie. It's a show, so. I haven't seen that show. Is, that's with Christian Slater? Yeah, and Remy Malik. Oh, that's a good combo. Yeah, it's it's an excellent show. Ah, uh, damn. And are we gonna get canceled for saying gypped? Are, are do gyp- is that a slur? What it's like gypsies. Like do people? Oh well, I'm a Portuguese gypsy, so I don't take oh, any so offense we can, to it. So we could say, it's like it's like those Bill Burge. Yeah. <laughs> or who? So. What was his name? There was one comedian, he's like, he's dating a Jew and he just makes Jew jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's same, yeah, Bill Burr with his wife being African American. So Black, he... sorry. <laughs> Black. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> no one says Caucasian American. I. This is true. Yeah, you're right. Anyways. All right, relax All right, there. let's talk about this fucking let's thing. Let's just point out that John is drinking his coffee out of a leftist tears... Mug. We'll take a shot of a picture of him 
drinking it this morning. All right. Okay, well, give, us, give us our disclaimer. Hey, folks. In case you hadn't noticed, we take true crime with a grain of salt. <laughs> no. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, uh, we're, we have a lighter touch to true crime. A lighter touch. Like when you use your, uh, your fanny feather. On what your, on is your, a fan- on your on your favorite pillow fellow? <laughs> what is that? so? Is that some if, weird porn you no, watch? No. So if <laughs> if you prefer a more serious tone to your true crime, where people really look in depth about the motivations of the killer, and anyways, if you if you if you like <laughs> if you like it to be more serious, fuck off. For the rest of you, let's have a bit of a laugh. Let's get pissed off. And then let's get pissed drunk. Thank you. Good luck. All right. You ready? No. Let's get on with the goddamn show. Okay. The horrifying 911 call you just heard came on November 16, 2012. Lisa Knofel, who worked as a social worker for Cuyahoga County Children and Family Services, was being stabbed to death by her 17-year-old foster daughter, Sabrina Zunick, who had been in her foster family's care for almost two years. 
While Lisa's 13-year-old daughter, Megan, watched in horror while calling 911, Sabrina was stabbing her foster mom 178 times. Jesus. I, like, I don't fucking get... When you hear how outrageous the number of stab wounds are, how do they even know? Yeah, they, they it's done in the autopsy. God, that's... I know. That's and sometimes crazy. they can't even count all of them, but they'll give a number like at least 178 times. That's so fucked. When police arrived at the scene, Sabrina was still there, drenched in blood, and still holding the serrated knife she used to murder Lisa. When I was doing research for this case, the one investigator said it looked like she took a shower in blood. Oh my god. Yeah. Police ordered Sabrina to the floor and they detained her. She didn't put up any resistance. Lisa's youngest child, who was three years old, was found hiding in the closet. Kevin Canolfo, Lisa's husband, was away for work in Michigan as a truck driver. Police had their murder. They knew Sabrina did this. They just needed to figure out why Sabrina would so viciously attack her foster mother. During her police interview, Sabrina acted shocked and confused that Lisa died and that she was the one that attacked her. She had or claimed to have no memory of her being the one attacking her foster mother. Though she never denied the murder, she did maintain the confusion as to why or what led to her killing Lisa. After obtaining a search warrant, police took the electronics and devices found at the crime scene, hoping to find some sort of search history trail or text messages that would provide investigators with Sabrina's motive. They found what they were looking for, but it was what no one would have expected. During their search through Sabrina's phone, they found that she and Kevin Canofel, her foster father, had texted each other over 1,000 times between November 1st and November 16th, 2012. What? There Holy were fuck. There were 1,491 texts between them. Investigators found this very strange. On A&E's interrogation raw, one of the detectives on the case stated that he didn't think it was normal for a foster father and daughter to have thousands of text messages between each other, especially in such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's... I don't yeah, even think... It, it's enough to trigger we, the bells. We don't even text each other that much in, like... I don't think we've texted each other that much in, like, the three years we've known each other. Well, I'm, I have all of our WhatsApp conversation and that might be like what and now they're a crime they're a crime in themselves on december 4th 2012 kevin agreed to speak with investigators with his attorney present kevin who had only been a widower now for a month and a bit was relatively calm during his interview that's that's concerning right there and i get everybody grieves differently but it it's enough to raise question Police records stated that he seemed unfazed by the matter. During his time grieving, Kevin did cash in on Lisa's $750,000 life insurance policy and spent the money on his home, new cars, and flying lessons. Within a month. A a little over a month. This is fucking bullshit. He stayed pretty tight-lipped during questioning, and his attorney shut down any questions regarding the possibility of arguments between Lisa and Sabrina being a reason for the murder, or anything that led up to the murder. So it's a pretty infuriating interrogation to watch. I don't think I'll be able to link the actual clip of it, because it comes from Annie's interrogation raw, but I'll uh, I'll link it and we'll see what happens. But he's just sitting there, 
just sitting there letting the attorney do all the talking. And as the investigators ask him, like, do you think an argument could have led to Sabrina stabbing Lisa? Which to me is a valid question. The attorney is like, that is not relevant here. Whatever led up to the murder is not relevant. We're here to talk about what, like, the murder itself and what happened after the murder. And I'm like, this is, it is relevant. But the cops are like, okay, you know. The the thing that led up to the event is not relevant. I know. That doesn't work in any situation. I I had diarrhea this morning. Yeah. Well, maybe I shouldn't have had a taco, that old taco meat. <laughs> That's breakfast. not relevant. Yeah. Yeah. It's only hap- It's only important about what, the during and after. Did you learn your lesson? <laughs> Six months after Lisa's murder, Sabrina agreed to speak with the prosecutor on the case. When something like this happens, it's called a proffer, which is pretty much the first step towards making a plea agreement and an opportunity for the defendant to come clean and be completely honest. A proffer cannot be used against Sabrina in court. Sabrina confessed to the prosecutor that there was someone else involved in the plan to kill Lisa, Kevin Canolfo, Lisa's husband. Sabrina continued to share that the plan had been Kevin's idea. According to Sabrina, Kevin and her had a sexual relationship together. Well, I think we all knew we were getting to that. Kevin initially was thinking about divorce, but because his youngest daughter, who was three years old, he knew he would have to share custody with Lisa, which he wanted full custody of his daughter. What, so he can fuck her later on? Oh my goodness, raunchy. So he then decided to have her killed. He stated that Lisa would, quote, would be worth more dead than alive, end quote. Jesus. Kevin started asking Sabrina for massages shortly after she came into his care. Then the relationship turned towards his sexual nature. While talking to Sabrina about the plan to kill Lisa, he promised a new life for him and Sabrina and that they could finally be together without having to hide it. Sabrina finally agreed to be the one to kill Lisa after Kevin came to her crying that he was contemplating suicide. Oh my God. There's nothing more pathetic than a grown man crying or just manipulating this poor child who didn't have a chance you know like this this is such a pathetic fucking thing like i know he's a coward yeah in addition to being a fucking asshole he groomed an already vulnerable person yeah once she agreed he taught her how to use the knife and how to twist it in the body to kill a person 178 times yeah he told her to try and make it look like a burglary but if she got caught to act like she had amnesia and to use the insanity defense and that he would be waiting for her after she got out and she could be the mother figure to his youngest child. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous. Kevin Canolfo was arrested and charged. His trial began June 2nd, 2014. He was found guilty of all 11 charges against him. He was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 30 years. He also received 12 years for sexual battery and must register as a tier three sex offender. How many tiers are there? Oh, well. What is, is first tier the highest? Let me, let's see. Okay, so level one is least risk, repeat offense. Level two is overall danger posed to the public. So level three, the risk of repeat offense is high. The degree of danger posed to the public is such that a substantial public safety interest is served by active dissemination. So level three is the worst, it seems like. Yeah. Good. I'm glad he got tier three then. Absolutely. Fucking shitheel. He will be eligible for parole when he is 86 years old. 
Sabrina pleaded guilty to aggravated murder and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Now 27 years old, she will be first eligible for parole in 2042 at the age of 47. I can't help but just feel so bad for her. Of course I feel terrible for Lisa and for her 13-year-old daughter witnessing this whole thing. As we heard in the 911 call, it's traumatizing. But this was a, a girl that didn't have a chance to begin with. She was born into a family that you know, struggled with substance abuse and were neg- neglectful. Yeah. And then she just bounced in and out of foster homes, ends up at this home, you know, at the age of 16 years old. But sweetie, what we've learned from this, from the lawyer, is that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not what relevant. Led up to it. It's not relevant what kind of home life she had or mm-hmm. that she was groomed by this piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. That's them? Yeah, that's Sabrina and that's Kevin. Oh, he looks like a fucking loser. What kind of fucking haircut is that piece of shit? And you know that Sabrina, if you watch her her case, she seems very remorseful. And I think she just she was she was manipulated. Yeah. Kevin didn't show any remorse. You know, and I feel like he he is just a weak man and he saw this girl to, and knew she can do my dirty work. I just don't fucking get it. How how the, this becomes a solution in his fucking disgusting I mind. Know. Like, I, I, I to can, kill the mother of your children. I just don't fucking get it. Like, just jerk off to some porn. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you being such a fucking asshole? How does someone like this even think of foster care? I know. Well, his wife was the one that worked at the family and children's services in the sex crimes unit. So she obviously had the heart for helping children. Uh, I wonder if there was like any signs that this guy obviously was fucked in the head. Well, during my research, there was, I don't know what led up to it, but there was strain between Lisa and Sabrina. And then I think it got to the point where Lisa at one point said to Sabrina, I think you, you may have to leave here. Oh, and that could have exacerbated the issue. Yeah. And, yeah, and Kevin didn't want to see his little fuck toy leave. Allegedly, you know, Lisa's not here to share her side of the story. That could have been something that they said just to justify their actions. Yeah, it's just very sad that the 13-year-old had to witness such a brutal murder of her mother only to then learn that it was her father that, oh, that that's gonna... orchestrated the whole thing. Like, oh man. She, the, the 13-year-old I think like prayer, is... prayers should be going out to that girl. Holy cow. I believe she's 26 now or something like that. And uh, she has done an interview recently. She has spoken out about it. He just looks like a... Oh, he looks like a piece of shit. Like, sh- yeah. He looks like a useless piece of garbage. It just astounds me. Like, did he have any priors? Do we know? No. So it just like it. This sort of thing just astounds me. Well, like how someone all of a sudden can be so unethical. Well, you, and, yeah. And and come and come to a solution like this, like a decision. Up, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Well, to be sexually assaulting your 17 year old foster daughter as well. Ethics is something that he doesn't possess. See, but that's an awfully quick downward slope to, yeah. to go from like massages 
to now you're fucking your 17 foster daughter to murder? Like- well, I, she the it started shortly after she came into his care. So uh, she was 16 when she came into their care. Yeah, so we do know that Lisa and Kevin were heading towards divorce because that's what kind of sparked his plan to want to kill Lisa because of custody. He didn't want to share custody. He didn't want her to have joint custody and him visitation. He wanted... For some reason, the custody was the driving force of him manipulating Sabrina to to murder Lisa. Yeah, but, like, look at the divorce rate nowadays. Like, so many people are able to fucking divorce and figure out custody without killing each other. Well, he like, said I, it. I just don't understand how someone can become so fucking stupid and well, ridiculous. Yeah, he said it, that she'd be worth more dead than alive. So he, he saw that. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar check, and it well, all, hopefully it, he's getting ass raped every day. Yeah, in prison like a strong ass rape, like it never heals. Oh, then ouch. dysentery. Oh my gosh, fucking piece of shit. Eighty six years old. I hope he gets. Hope he gets out, and he and, gets beaten by a bunch of assholes, like a bunch of asshole muggers, or just like gets hit by a bus, like yeah. the second he steps off to cross the street. Yeah. Shall we get to uh, Dylan McDermott? Yeah, let's get on. Let's. Let's read the words, the beautiful, sensuous, profound words of the esteemed, award-winning actor, Dylan McDermott. As much as they deny it, I think people want to be scared. It's a phenomenon why people want to be scared when there's so much violence and craziness in the world. People still really enjoy being scared. It's a conundrum to me. It's hard to explain. It's an unconscious thing, really, why people like that so much. I got goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, goose pimples right out of that one. (laughs) Holy fuck. Oh, my gosh. We find out that Dylan McDermott, like, his favorite movie is, like, Singing in the Rain. Or, like, Zeus and Roxanne. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a sensitive soul. I never realized that watching American horror story <laughs> do you remember zeus and roxanne no it's the it's, I, I honestly have no idea what you're talking it's a about. buddy comedy comedy between a, a dog and a dolphin god that sounds fucking horrible <laughs> this looks fucking ridiculous it's actually a great movie what is <laughs> this tripe <laughs> when did this fuck shit come out 97 oh my god i loved it i owned it on vhs I just don't understand. And it's like, like Steve <laughs> Gutenberg was like a real tough guy. Oh, he is. Look at all the denim and in black denim, <laughs> and then this like fucking angsty girl and rollerblades. Oh my god, rollerblades! This I want to know this what high the high waisted bathing suit. I don't like those bathing no, suits they, on women. No, it does not flatter any woman, no, regardless of whatever shape you are. Yeah. It's, and I feel like it puts so much pressure on, like, the, the thighs. Yeah. It's like, hey, take a look at these blue veins <laughs> that are about two inches from my vagina. <laughs> you know? It just doesn't look right. Zeus and Roxanne. Like, what, what fucking filmmaker looked at a poster of Flipper and said, you know what? Get rid of Elijah Wood and put in a dog. Yeah. That's a blockbuster right there. Right. Replace Paul Hogan with Steve Gutenberg. Is that Paul Hogan? <laughs> he was in Flipper. 
Was it set in Australia? I don't know. Do you also? Oh, I, no, that's a nice oh, a, a dolphin right there. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever see Andre? No. What is this shit? Andre. The giant? No. Andre movie. <laughs> Seal. Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember this garbage. It was great. Call it garbage. And they and they dress Andre up like he's fucking <laughs> weekend like, at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally looks like weekend at Bernie's. Oh my god, he does. Oh my god. But they got rid of the sleeves, so it's just like a little muumu that he's wearing. Oh god. I I know that actress. Was she also in uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, and she was in. Uh, was that Karina? Karina? Uh, yeah, and, and Problem Child, I think. Who told her to do that fucking pose? Like, put a hand on your head, <laughs> and wear, like, wear your father's jeans. Like, can they get any baggier? And the shoes. Yeah, what is this tripe? Oh, is that her now? Keith Carradine. He's better than this. Come on, Keith. Yeah. Oh, she was in Waterworld too. That's right. That's right. God, Waterworld was great. Oh, well, she's still acting. Grey's Anatomy, a lot of TV, True Blood. I guess it, she just looks so different from... Scroll up, that's the same person? Yeah, this is... Jesus, yeah. She, wow, it doesn't look like her at all. No, you can still see a bit of it in the jawline. Yeah, I remember her in Waterworld and she had like a tattoo, like a map on her back. Yeah. Okay, we're getting too... We're getting a little... God, we're Car- getting too far into this. Karina, Karina. Karina, Karina. Look Hollywood at has never had since such a love story between, like, Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg. Well, Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg was pretty fun. No, but they were real life. Yeah, so it was true. I wonder, like, were season nine of... You just did a weird old man thing with your mouth. You know what season was nine the best of... love story with Whoopi Goldberg? Donald Trump and Whoopi Goldberg. It was love-hate, yeah. but you could... You know you they could... have passionate sex. There were sparks there. <laughs> okay, that's it. I wonder... We're in... <laughs> Can we just wrap this up? We're I got in, other shit to do. We're in season nine of Cheers, and I wonder, because Ted Danson's dressing a little differently, and I wonder, is this during his Whoopi Goldberg time? I don't know. He's starting to dress like Tom Selleck now. I know. <laughs> like, his clothing is too loose and brown. That whole show is, is brown. brown. It's, it's like if there's any... <laughs> If you're doing like a trivia game, guess the show, and someone just shows you like some a brown squ- cardboard paper. They're like, "Oh, it's Cheers." Yeah, it's true. It's a very brown show. Like how Twilight and I Am Sam is very blue. Yeah, and like everyone is supposedly in their 20s and 30s, but they look like they're in their 60s. And it's true, they are. Okay. Anyways, well, thanks folks, for sticking around this long. Yeah, we know you're long gone by now, but have a lovely, lovely day. We'll put the we'll put the drinks in the uh, show notes. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Drive safely. Goodbye. Ta-ta. You can check us out on YouTube at Catam Concoction. That's C-A-T-A-M-C-O-N-C-O-C-T-I-O-N. <laughs> and on Instagram at cast underscore aghast. Remember, there's a silent H. <laughs> <laughs>
Can you pass me my glasses over there? Second shelf next to the Hannibal Lecter bobblehead. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. Let's get pissed off and then let's get pissed drunk. Oh, that's... I like that. that. Well, you... TM. It's now our new slogan. Nobody else can have it. Yeah. TM. You, you heard it here. We're recording on July 15th, so if anybody says it after that, we're suing you. Yep. TM. <laughs> tit markings. The horrifying... <laughs> Koyahoga? Was that how you would say it? I don't know how to pronounce words. Oh, fuck. Who would... She had... Okay, you, <clears throat> you screwed me up. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just at the edge of my seat, mostly because I'm trying to reach the microphone, but also because of how this story is developing. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Cut that It's up. hard to... Sabrina continued to share that the plan... Sabrina continued to share the plan... Sabrina continued to turn the plan. <laughs> According that the plan. I know, that's why I was getting screwed. <laughs> the, the plan. Up.